I speak to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So a couple weeks ago, Lady Gaga, yes, that Lady Gaga, the singer who wears outrageous costumes on stage, including once a meat dress made out of raw meat, the one who's famous for her pro-LGBT anthem, Born This Way, and who refers to her millions of fans as her little monsters, that Lady Gaga shared a picture of herself on social media with parish priest Father Duffel at her father's restaurant. Now in the picture, Lady Gaga is almost unrecognizable. She's wearing a flannel shirt and jeans. She's holding a Bible. She's leaning happily on the shoulder of this Catholic priest. And in her post, she writes, Thank you, Father Duffel, for a beautiful homily, as always, and lunch at my pop's restaurant. I was so moved today when you said, the Eucharist is not a prize for the perfect, but the food that God gave us. The Eucharist is not a prize for the perfect, but the food that God gives us. When I saw the post on Twitter, I just loved it. I heard an echo of the Pope's oft-repeated words, the Eucharist is not a prize for the perfect, but a powerful medicine and nourishment for the weak. And of course, this is not a new idea. Saint Ambrose wrote, if whenever Christ's blood is shed, it is shed for the forgiveness of sins, I, who sin often, should receive it often. I need a frequent remedy, St. Ambrose said. And the great doctor of the church, St. Thomas Aquinas, called the Eucharist spiritual food and spiritual medicine. This way of thinking about the Eucharist not as a reward for goodness, but as food for the hungry, medicine for the sick, forgiveness for the sinner is an ancient idea. But I confess, I found it thrilling to see a famous cultural icon spreading the good news about the Eucharist on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Needless to say, however, in the time it takes to say, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, the internet lit up with indignant, nasty, narrow-minded comments questioning Lady Gaga's right to even take communion. The questions came fast and furious. Is she really a Christian, a practicing Catholic, did she go to confession before communion? Was she in a state of grace? The accusations came just as quickly. No one who publicly supports the homosexual lifestyle should take communion. I guess we're all out. <laughs> Her way of life is a scandal. 
Her music is pornographic and amoral, and until she makes a public amendment of life, she shouldn't be allowed to come to the table. And those are the nicer comments. Now I'll confess, I don't know that much about Lady Gaga. I can identify a handful of her songs, I think I could pick her out of a crowd. I know she can be outrageous, but she also seems like a young woman with a very big heart who's in the business of entertaining people. And, oh by the way, she takes seriously the hope that she has given and continues to give to all those out there who have felt like misfits and outsiders. Still, I really don't know much about her at all. Heck, I don't know, and nor do all of the internet commenters, I don't know if she even took communion when she went to Mass a few weeks ago. But I, know, I do know that she understood the message that the priest preached that day. The Eucharist is an absolute gift from God. It is medicine for the sick. And that's why we celebrate this ancient feast of Corpus Christi every year. In fact, I can guarantee you that we're the only church in this diocese celebrating it, and one of a handful in the Episcopal Church. Though I confess I was thrilled to see some pictures posted on Facebook on Thursday, the actual day of the feast, of friends of mine in New York and London and Boston keeping the feast with Eucharistic processions throughout the city streets stopping traffic. Still, most folks have allowed the feast to go unnoticed. But we keep it here because we know that we must never become lackadaisical about the Eucharist. We must never grow so comfortable with it that we're not in awe of it. Must never allow it to become rote so that we forget that we are participating in a direct gift in which Jesus Christ is really and truly present. We don't come forward week after week because we're worthy. We come week after week because we must. We are famishing and we need food. We are sick and the Eucharist is the prescription. You know, <clears throat> there's a lovely coincidence that happened this year because Easter was so early, and that's that the mass readings for today, which we would hear if we didn't transfer the Feast of Corpus Christi to Sunday. Mark Gaston informs me that the chance of hearing these readings on Corpus Christi occur six times in 101 years. And the readings for this Sunday include the story of the centurion who asks Jesus to heal his servant. This Gentile recognizes the power and the holiness of the Jewish rabbi and says, Lord, do not trouble yourself for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only speak the word 
and let my servant be healed. Of course, the servant is healed. But the centurion shows us the proper humility to be shown before Christ, whether in prayer or at the table. Lord, I am not worthy, but I trust you to do good. And that centurion's words have been immortalized in the mass throughout the centuries. For centuries, whenever the priest elevated the host and said, behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world, blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb, the people replied, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Now, until about 1960, it was said in Latin, but... It was said. Roman Catholics still use this form, as do many Anglo-Catholic churches. We use it once a year on Good Friday. And those words capture the beauty of the Eucharist, the scandalous, unimaginable beauty of God's grace. We are not worthy. We are not worthy. None of us here is worthy, least of all, me. And yet we trust God to feed us with food to keep us from starving. We trust God to give us medicine to heal our sin-sick souls. It's tempting, of course, to think that those of us who come to church regularly have it all figured out. That because of our good attendance or by attempting to live our lives rightly, we have a right to the sacrament. Conversely, some of us might fear that we are such sinners, such doubters, such unfaithful churchgoers that we have no right to take communion. But beloved, there are no rights in the life of faith. There's only grace. There's only gift. There is only a life broken open for us on the cross. There is only love broken open for us on the altar. None of it is earned. None of it is owned or ours but it is food for the hungry, which we are. It is medicine for the sick, which we are too. And on this day when we celebrate the gift of the Eucharist, may we each whisper after the invitation to communion, the gifts of God for the people of God, may we each whisper humbly and confidently Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but only say the word and I shall be healed.